America's team. Talk about America's loss. This is Corey, and this is the other end of the podcast. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 341 of the O the Anthem podcast, coming to you from the hashtag OTALA Studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for joining on your podcatcher. The easiest way to find it, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. Uh, and, and of course, you can find the live video every Monday on Facebook, on uh, Twitter, via Periscope, uh, YouTube, and twitch.tv forward slash O the Anthem. And the episodes go up on Tuesday afternoon. So make sure you look for those. Indeed, indeed. So, uh, last week, we didn't have the town hall debate like we thought we were going to have, so we didn't no. have any special episode. No. <laughs> but they decided that uh, Biden was going to do a town hall all by himself. Also, I uh, forgot that there was a debate, <laughs> so there's that. It doesn't, uh, it, you know, to be honest, there's no reason to, uh, I, I didn't think to even, like, come in after the fact, because I, I, would, fe- I would need feel like I would need to watch both of them before I talked and I don't want to wait like an hour to watch Trump's after I finished watching Biden's to like be able to talk about it like it could it could hold so like there was nothing uh, I can just watch campaign events if I want to talk the guys watch the guys talk to their own cheerleaders asking questions although Savannah Guthrie apparently not a cheerleader for Trump (laughs) well you know I also don't think Savannah Guthrie was terribly unfair either but you know that we'll we'll get into that a little bit here basically the uh the two had competing town halls biden was going to keep the town hall that would have originally been the debate uh in a event with george stephanopoulos on abc and then nbc gave trump the microphone at the same exact time on nbc msnbc when will they learn nbc <laughs> news and had a dueling event at the same exact time a lot of people angry at nbc for like basically counter programming the one town hall with the other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but honestly, I feel like anyone who wanted to watch both would find a way to watch both. Whether it's record one and watch the other, or it's flipping back and forth. But you know, well, look at you with your fancy recording machine <laughs> that lets you watch both. Some of us aren't highfalutin like you, Corey. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have this technology from the late '90s. Actually, like, Betamax was like 1978. <laughs> Rob's so at home like, desperately recording things on VHS tape. I'm going to watch video, this later. <laughs> I got a video camera wa- uh, recording the TV at all times, uh, which I then play back on my Betamax machine. So, you know. You're also the type who would have like two uh, headsets, like one playing the audio on the TV, one playing the audio on the computer, and you're listening to both debates at the same time, and you're just like, I know everything. <laughs> uh, nothing nothing slows me down. Two people talking at the exact same time, nothing. Okay, yeah, so that would slow me <laughs> down, and maybe me from the mid-aughts would have been like, both debates, same time, and I got the libertarian debate coming up in text, <laughs> but I'm reading the whole thing. Now I'm just Following like, the Twitter live stream of Gary Johnson speaking. Now I'm just like... Guillotine. Have we talked about guillotines yet? Can we can we suggest guillotines already? Nah. Well, let's wait until the next segment at the very. Okay. <laughs> the uh, the big problem here is that uh, Trump is completely deranged and doesn't realize that he is losing right now and needs yeah. desperately to win back voters. And Biden, on the other hand, while he doesn't look like you know like this, it's it's not like Kennedy when he was like coming. Coming to events with like windswept beach hair and like. Did you just say Biden was not Kennedy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there's a. There's I know a- it's hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> the differences between them are so slight that it's hard to tell. Well, the difference I don't want to say that because at this point they probably look to be about in the same health. So, um, <laughs> you know, maybe. Uh, I I uh, I would say though that Biden, despite 
uh, clearly being older and having a little bit of trouble grasping the entirety of what he's trying to say mm-hmm. uh, doesn't look great per se, but at the same time, you could tell that there was a mind at work and he knew what he was talking about. He just sort of got lost sometimes on the details of explaining it. I just, I, I want to remind you that in an interview on Fox News, Pete Buttigieg answered a question that was asked of him and while doing so, subtly switched topics, answered a question that was not asked and threw in a bit of French philosophy mm-hmm. in French on Fox News live on television and that guy was pushed out after Iowa. Yeah. And meanwhile, Biden rambled for about two minutes before realizing he was nowhere near the point he was trying to make, <laughs> stopped for a moment or two, and then went back to the point he was trying to make. So my suggestion is, can we get somebody who's not a uh, sectarian? Secta, no, I, I missed that one. Sessitinarian, right? Yeah. Sessitinarian? I, I want to avoid the 60s because then it's yeah. a sexitinarian. And then that's where I got confused. these two guys. I don't yeah. want to bring up sex at <laughs> all. <laughs> well, I, I will say that uh, with with Biden's events, one thing I did enjoy and something that does seem natural from Biden, which I think is something that hopefully undecided voters who might have been watching this will take as uh, part of this is that uh, they would ask a question. Somebody in the audience would ask a question. He would speak on it for, you know, five or minutes or whatever. And then every so often, Stephanopoulos would have to throw it to break. He'd be yeah. like, all right, so we got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. And then you would see Biden, like, looking up at the person. Awful angles, by the way, because all these people are, like, 30 feet up in the air. So it's, like, him going like this. Like, if you're looking, <laughs> looking also, at the camera right now. They were sitting him, so like, far apart on the stage. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, you up there. <laughs> like, uh, But, like, as they would go to commercial, you would see Biden go, like, uh, do you want to talk more about this issue? As like you'd hear the you know yeah. the music coming up and the mics going down. He's just like, I'd love to talk to you more about this after the event. If you want to come meet me in the back, <laughs> so like there's like a you know there there's a part of Joe that is kind of like that mayor that everyone likes, well, like your small say, no, town mayor who like the person who answered the question or asked the question was a uh, a 15 year old blonde girl who was competing in Miss Teen USA. No. Oh, okay. All right. No. I, I just assumed that because somebody who was running for president wanted to follow up backstage after the <laughs> event that that's what it was. No, so. it, it was not that. It was oh, not, okay. Let's not give any more credence to those awful. Like, what, the awful rumors yeah. that, that may have happened between the president and uh, the young women at the Miss Teen America? Project? Well, yeah, the president, not the not the vice president. Oh, no, yeah. no. I was just. I'm now, you have to, to go to NBC for that kind of shit. <laughs> uh but also, I you know, as Samantha Guthrie, as I joked about earlier, got a lot of, of like uh, guff for the way she was. But George Stephanopoulos didn't have to do that because Biden answered the questions that he asked him, and yeah. then Trump would be, uh, Savannah would ask a question about like uh, healthcare and what are we going to do about all of these people who are going to have pre-existing conditions after COVID, and Trump would be like, the economy is stronger, and it's like. Okay, but you didn't answer the question that I asked, so I'm going to go back to the question on healthcare. And then Twitter, I I knew the debate was going on because my Twitter basically caught on fire and yeah. <laughs> uh, was trying to burn my phone down. Uh, but it was just like, oh, I don't know why everybody's on Trump. He's and why is Savannah being so aggressive? And I was just like, he, he didn't answer a, a single question she asked. I don't think. Well, so. and I mean, like, none of these are unfair questions. I, I, I really don't feel like any of these were crossing a line somewhere. I, I would. A lot of people have problems with the way that Trump is handling coronavirus. So I think questions in regards to how he's handled it and 
how he has handled the recovery from his diagnosis of it. And uh, now, especially which, so, yeah. To which we are still not on like steady footing that he is one hundred percent not, you know, like he's tested negative yet. Like, there's has been, he had a negative test yet, Corey? Well, I mean, like the doctor last week apparently released something that said he had a negative test, but like it's like the same doctor who's been lying to us. Yes, <laughs> it's like who do you who do you trust here? Like, I it's not like I've seen like Trump get nasal swabbed and him go like, yeah, I'm good, you know, like like do it on TV or something like that. So when I think part of the reason they didn't have the regular debate was because they were putting in new testing protocols and Trump would not agree to the new testing. Protocols. Well, there are so. new there are new uh, uh, things about how they can mute the mics now in the next debate. So if Trump decides to interrupt, Boop. like, yeah. Exactly. So, so what you're telling me is that the moderator for the next debate is going to have the special power that every American has wished they had for the last four <laughs> years. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That 50 percent of yeah. Americans have wished they had for the last four years. 50 to 60 percent of Americans. Yeah. Arguably higher than that in yeah. any given day. But yeah. By the way, uh, one of the things I have been amazed by is that both George W. Bush and and uh, Obama at one point during his presidency have had lower presidential ratings than Trump has had at any point in his presidency. Mm-hmm. He just, there has been a point where he, he has not gone lower than either of the two preceding presidents. Mm-hmm. And I just keep asking myself, how is that possible? That Yes, Bush was fighting a very unpopular war yeah. that we were watching in, to some extent, on TV. Mm-hmm. Your neighbor is dying in the hospital and you're like, apparently 33% of you are just like, yeah, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Yeah. Wait, wait, is he going to make me wear a mask? No. All right. I'm fine with this. Then. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. I Bush at one point got down to 26% approval rating. Right. A, a quarter of Americans and Obama at one point got down to, I think that 29 or 31 or something like that. Yeah. But like Trump has fallen down to like 33, 32, never below. And I'm just like, we are slipping more and more to like that fanatical nonsense. Well, I think I think that's really just the problem. Like you know, it 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 really started grasping on during Obama mm-hmm. the idea of the team sports of it all. And I've talked about this idea before. And I think that there is just thirty three percent of people that no matter what Trump does, like literally the uh, shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue thing of like, there's nothing I can do to to lose supporters. I. I, I really feel like that's true. And I, I think that there are, you know, probably at least 33% of people who are Democrats who will never under any circumstances, like, you know, go away from what the party thinks. Yeah. Or like what the, the think speak of the party is. By the way, if Trump had the job of president and mm-hmm. that job was to he stand. He does actually, in fact, have that job. Oh, he does have that. <laughs> If that job was, in fact, to stand on the corner of Broadway and Fifth Avenue and shoot a person once an hour. For the four years that he's been president, less people would be dead than who have died during the coronavirus yeah. outbreak. So funny thing, um, we'd be better off if he had just gone <laughs> started on started shooting Avenue people. And started shooting people. <laughs> that that would actually be better for Americans. Well, that's assuming that the coronavirus didn't happen because he did that. Okay, also I mean, that like, true. You know, although if he wasn't in Washington, maybe some competent people would have been there to handle the emergency <laughs> while he was busy, you know, shooting people. Question: and How many how many hours of shooting people on Fifth Avenue would it take before McConnell's finally like he's crossed the line? I a don't thousand, think that number. A exists. thousand people have died. We need to impeach the president. Wait, what is that? What is that? Oh, is like it from Adam, the- Adam Schiff's literally standing up there, going like, I don't know how I how else to say this, but the 
president of the United States was responsible for a thousand murders in the last thousand hours and uh, uh, crime. This is a crime, by the way. No. <laughs> I don't know what else to. I think you're out of order, Mister <laughs> Schiff. Um, but I mean, it's <laughs> that laugh. Oh God, the laugh. Uh, by the way, uh, all the horror aside, Roberto, who's uh, our producer again today, thank you for joining us, Roberto, um, sent me a video of like the worst Halloween thing ever, which is what apparently Call of Duty is doing uh, on their thing. And the thing that's scarier than that is Mitch McConnell during a campaign event when he's trying to impress voters laughing. Yeah. I, I am terrified of that. Or during the debate. Or during the debate. Yeah. yeah just anything where he expresses joy, I feel like it's... um. It's like Darth Vader, where like he takes the helmet off and he's actually happy that he can breathe and that makes him not able to breathe. That is what I think is happening with Mitch McConnell. I think I think Mitch really just is doesn't give a fuck anymore. Like there have been times where uh, you did an episode of Rob Explains on it, like the uncomfortable laughter and like how like the the. Uh, psychology of it there I in fact did and, do an episode about that and I, I've been guilty of that before where you said something really inappropriate and I laughed <laughs> because I had nothing else to do wait wait but, wait are you talking about you know uh, when I mentioned that uh, we somebody... don't have to get into specific oh no oh okay alright <laughs> earlier today I just think I did know, one of those moments just know at some points I've done that so so uh, but uh, it really looks like Ricardo, like you know because he had the debate uh, the other day and it you know, I, oh God, I can't remember her name. The one that's running against him right now. I feel uh, bad. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she'll lose, which is sad. It's unfortunate. Because yes. she seems like an actual real person. And <laughs> like I'm, somewhere I'm, deep inside, she looks like she has humanity within her. So it's I'm a shame by that the she's going to lose. I started telling a story and I saw both of you viscerally react to the fact <laughs> that I was about to tell the story. Just like, <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, it's is it Amy? It's Amy something. She's a former Marine. Yeah. Uh, you figure I'm, it out. I'm going to look it up. Go but ahead. she was railing on him like, you know, you're trying to shove through a Supreme Court nomination while, uh, you know, thousands of Kentuckians don't have jobs. And, you know, we're looking for some sort of economic support. And you're just in the Senate doing absolutely nothing for the real life people yeah, who live yeah, in this state. Yeah. yeah and he's like, yeah, while she's going yeah, through all those yeah, very real points, he's just like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Amy McGrath, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Amy McGrath. That's it. Uh, I, 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 I don't know what else can be said about that. Like, it's like sometimes these people are so bad. I don't know how you possibly can rationalize voting for them. You know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, like Trump, at, in some way, like if you're an idiot and you think that Trump is actually draining the swamp and doing all these things that he said he's doing, I can understand how you fall into the ecosystem where you think things are getting done. And while you might not appreciate, you know, the president's tweeting or something like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can say like, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, he's really busy. He doesn't have time to research every tweet that he puts out there. And like, you know, he's been doing good for us and the economy was great and blah, blah, blah. But like McConnell, like I, I just don't get how some normal everyday person in Kentucky sees McConnell and goes like, you know, he's been doing a lot for me. <laughs> you know, my, my median income has, Stayed exactly the same for the last two decades, and we can thank Mitch for that. Well, <laughs> like ten of the poorest counties in the country, yeah, are in Kentucky. Yeah, I don't understand why you would look at that and be like, COVID relief. That's not on my agenda at <laughs> all. Uh, I've been unemployed for the last fourteen years. This is no new thing for me. <laughs> I get paid more now. <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. I'll never understand it. I'm sure Mitch is going to win again, which will just 
anger me in some way that I'm not prepared to deal with right now. But like, well, and I was going to say, you're never going to be able to understand. And I'm going to have a, I have a three question quiz that shows why. <laughs> okay. um, how do you feel about people of color, Corey? I mean, they should be accepted like everybody else. Okay. And uh, camps on the border where they're holding illegals and giving hysterectomies. How's that? Yeah, against that. That's against, a, that's a no. Against that? Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Okay, and uh, <laughs> if uh, I was to, I don't know, ask you to go marching down the street, goose stepping, and I don't know, raising your hand in some sort of wave, how would you feel? I mean, that sounds like something that's been done before, and I don't think it ended well for the people who did it. Right. And so, generally speaking, I don't want to like against that. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Uh, so because based on your answers, learn from other people's mistakes, I guess, <laughs> based on your answers, I can tell you that uh, this is not the candidate for you. Um, <laughs> what? You'll never be able to understand it because you are, in fact, not uh, a fascist. So, yeah. You know, it's one of those things. to think of all those times that I filled out those like hundred quiz questions about who you should vote for. And at the end of it was just three questions. I mean, listen, forget about BuzzFeed. I got you right <laughs> here. That's all you need. I got you, BuzzFeed. Now, to be fair, though, uh, my quiz doesn't cover whether or not you should vote for Kanye because the answer to that question <laughs> is always no. You should not vote for Kanye. Um, now, luckily, for people of the 40 states where he's not on the ballot anyway... Yeah. It doesn't matter. Right. And one of the states where he is on the ballot is California that he's counting as being on the ballot, but he's the vice presidential candidate yeah. under someone else. Um, so that's not the same Kanye. I don't know if you know how that works. Uh, although smart on uh, that lady's part to like throw him in as VP and be like, man, if I get some votes out of it. I mean, <laughs> Listen, knows? if you're a member of the Peace and Freedom Party, then you don't need to. <laughs> got to do what you got to do sometimes. But to be fair, like I, I seem to remember... And this might have changed, so correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, I will. But I seem to remember that uh, there would be one candidate would be a representative for many parties. So, like, George W. Bush would be the nominee for the Republican Party. But if there wasn't other people who would step up to be nominees for other parties, like, he might also be the nominee for the Freedom Party or the Constitution yes. Party or something else. Whereas now, if you vote for George W. Bush for any of the times that he's listed... It's still a vote for George W. Bush, even if you vote for him in the Freedom Party as opposed to the Republican Party. It is. And that that is true. Um, however, that was the last occasion where that ever happened. Oh, with, with George W. Bush? Yes. Oh, OK. Uh, just because basically after the second run of Bush, people didn't agree with who either party was putting up enough to. Well, first of all, it never happens on the left because yeah. everyone on the left. Uh, I think I used the example that. If I agree with eight things that you say and two things that you don't, and I'm a conservative, I will still vote for you because yeah. I'm willing to compromise on those two. If I believe in eight things that you do and two things that you don't, and I'm a liberal, I will not vote for you because I need to find the person who is exactly my kind of liberalism. And um, that's why there's seven liberal parties in California, all of which who have their own candidates because somebody's like, I'm a green but I'm not for the Green New Deal. And you know why? Because it focuses on infrastructure for cars and cars are part of the problem. So mm. I'm for the Green New Deal minus cars. We're the no cars Green New Deal party. And you're like, <laughs> really? Yeah. You're small enough already. You're going to split some vote from the Greens? That's your plan? Right. Awesome. Thank you. Um, and it's so uh, they haven't done that historically. But yes, um, after, uh, what, 1964, when the Dixiecrats 
actually nominated the Republican candidate to be their candidate as well. So it was a way, uh, for everybody who uh, may know, you see all your Republican friends posting things on Facebook and they say, oh, um, the Republicans are the party of Lincoln and the party of Teddy Roosevelt and the party that freed slaves and the Democrats were the party of the KKK. All true. Absolutely 100% true. Mm. And then in 1960, uh, in the 1960 election, the Democrats said, how dare you nominate a Catholic from New England? I don't care that there's a Texan running with him. He's Catholic. He's not even white. Um, Oh, sorry. He's Irish Catholic. He's not even white. (laughs) And uh, they got very upset. So in 64, they left the Democratic Party and made their own party called the Dixie Crap Party. Yeah. And he nominated who for president? Oh, shit. Guy who is still serving in the Senate in 2000. Oh, oh, that was Thurman, right? Strom Thurman for president. Yes. Um, And who would also run in 1948 as a segregationalist Democrat, then ran as a Dixiecrat in 64. Still in the Senate in 2000, by the way, when he died. Eventually as a Republican, though. He started. So, yeah. In 64, he ran as a Dixiecrat. And there were three parties, Dixiecrat, Democrat and Republican. Dixiecrat meaning we're like the Democrats, only we don't trust this Irish Catholic with the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in 68, there were no more Dixiecrats, but there was. They just nominated Richard Nixon. Yeah? 68 Nixon won, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they nominated Richard Nixon. But he was a Republican. Yeah, yeah. So because they couldn't get their own nomination together, they just nominated the Republican. Yeah. And then after that, everyone who was a Dixiecrat was like, oh, well... We're basically Republican Republican now. now. Yeah. Yeah. Because Nixon was like, I'm going to take all the Southern states. I'll take them. That's fine. Yeah. Dixie Kratz. This sounds like the beginning of some sort of strategy I can put together. (laughs) Some sort of, uh, I don't know. To win Republican elections for a while. Let's Mm. see. I wonder if. uh, It's a strategy based on the South. Yeah. I feel like there's some sort of wordplay. Let's kick around the, let's kick around the ideas of what we can call this thing. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And then. uh, Something tells me, fuck the blacks won't work. No, 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 that's. Can we workshop this a bit? (laughs) It's like, Nixon, will you still please stop recording you saying things like that? First of all, (laughs) fuck the blacks is not what he said. I can guarantee you. Oh, I know. I I toned down the horrible thing. Yeah. Uh, That left the Democrats to be everyone else who were essentially Kennedy Democrats and Roosevelt Democrats uh, who were like, no, I, I mean, why not? have civil rights. I feel like that's something we should do. Yeah. And so Republicans became the Southern strategy Republicans of bringing in the Dixiecrats. And that's how we've been ever since. Uh, Kanye, just so it's clear, is far more Dixiecrat than he is Democrat. Yeah. Now he has an amazing ad out right now. And I don't know what his ad buy looks like. He might be out spending Trump at this point. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Because uh, Trump might be out raising Trump at this point. It's true, too. Uh, Trump, a little bit of a firecracker campaign, like burned hot and bright and then blew up. And now it's just kind of like raining down. Yeah. Uh, Biden really had a train. It's like took a long time to get going. But well, I'll tell you, the uh, the post Trump getting covid seems to have really unlocked Democratic fundraising because uh, there were records that fell all over the place. Lindsey Graham. And uh, the uh, race against Jamie Harrison. Jamie Harrison, yeah. Harrison has raised raised fifty eight million dollars last quarter, which is way past a record. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was like Beto who had like thirty two and a quarter, 
you know, the last time around. Running against uh, yeah, but, Cruz, yeah. Yeah, but 50 and a quarter is, is unheard of. And, uh, By the way, that lets you just buy every ad, <laughs> just all the ads. Well, what's great is right now, uh, you know, all these political campaigns are, are in the home stretch. They figured yeah. out who the, who the voters are that they're trying to target, and they're trying to also sort of like it's one of those like uh if i told you hey i want you to go uh build a race car Mm -hmm. you would say to yourself like okay uh how much money do i have yeah and if i said you have ten thousand dollars you say okay i gotta make some real cuts here i gotta think about how i'm gonna spend this (laughs) what's the most important parts for my race car that cost less than ten thousand dollars i'm gonna build just an engine and wheels (laughs) that's all you got sleek racing machine and then you come in like six weeks before I have to actually go race it. And you're like, by the way, here's $40 million. <laughs> Just opened up in the budget. Feel yeah. free. You're like, uh, okay, I have the fastest machine possible right yeah. now. So uh, this is going to be good. Yeah, I could really soup this thing up a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, the, the campaigns who are getting a sudden influx of cash right now are, are, are really happy about it. And that's why you had people like Lindsey Graham going on TV going like, they're, <laughs> they're annihilating me financially. Yeah. <laughs> like, Which so. by the way, is a violation of election law. Yeah. You cannot do that as a sitting senator because he was being interviewed not as candidate Lindsey Graham. He was being interviewed as senator Lindsey Graham. As senators who sits on the Judiciary Committee, uh, Lindsey Graham. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Lindsey Graham and the Judiciary Committee. Yes. uh, Another person who is on the Judiciary Committee, in fact, the head of the Democratic, uh, the minority in the Judiciary uh, Barbara Mikulski, is, is that who you're talking about? No. Uh, I'm just talking, another old white lady. Okay. Well, Barbara's no longer with us. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, but Diane Feinstein is who I'm referring to, the senator from California. Oh, the one we wish wasn't with us anymore. Yes. Yeah, okay. The one who I wish would just take a long walk into Oakland Bay <laughs> and never return. Uh, I, I don't. I really don't understand this anymore. So, first of all, just so you know what the outrage is this time, what Feinstein did this time. Oh, wait, to, uh, so she yelled to, at a bunch of school kids? No, no. That was last time. Oh, that was last time. Okay, all right, yeah. Before that, there was the voting yes on Christopher Ray and the almost voting yes on Jeff Sessions and okay, the yeah. handful of other, like, you know, like, no, we have to give these people a chance before everyone was just like, Diane, shut, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck down. Don't talk about voting for Jeff Sessions. Like, yeah, yeah, I remember all yeah. these, yeah. Uh, this time it was the end of the Amy Coney Barrett hearings and she decided to take a little time out of, out of her day to say what a wonderful, uh, nomination process this has been from Lindsey Graham and the Republicans. And she's so looking forward to the bipartisan nature in which we're going to be able to work going forward. And I, you know, like, you know, like I, I'm so happy for where we are as a country right now. And then she goes across the stage, across the dais. Mm-hmm. And hugs Lindsey Graham, both of them not wearing masks, uh, both of them elderly, mm-hmm. if we can use that as a generalized term between the ages of the two of them. I mean, they're both old as fuck. So, yeah, yeah I would say elderly is fine. Yeah. Uh, and Lindsey Graham apparently is not taking COVID tests at all. Yes, like because he's, just, he's positive and doesn't want to come up. Positive. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to take a test. But he's willing to hug Diane Feinstein on the stage. Well, you may get your wish. That's all I'm saying. I... And uh, I called the senator's office after I saw this because I don't get to hug my family. I don't get to go across country and see the people that I want to see or work or make yep. money or do any of these things. And part of the reason why I don't get to do any of these things is because the Republican efforts to stay on top of coronavirus have been so uh, abysmal mm-hmm. that I can't really mm-hmm. do anything 
and I would very much like to. And the people standing in the way of Republicans doing whatever the fuck they want are Democrats. Wait, no, that's incorrect. Well, the people who are supposed to be oh, in the okay. way. All right. yeah. now, now I understand what you're saying. So yeah. I was confused because I haven't seen that in the last Right, and I'm saying what I would like is for everyone in the Democratic Party to grow a set and stand up for something once in your life. Uh, I understand that standing for things means you have to, at one point, like, make up for these things. Like, you stand for the Iraq war, like Dianne Feinstein did. Yes. And yeah. one day you're going to have to answer questions as to why you supported that thing. Yeah. So if you never stand on anything, you never have to ask que- get ans- ask Corey, questions about this. That was a difficult... Even Bernie has to answer questions about his Iraq war vote. Well, yeah, he voted no. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, yes. There's yeah. some people who yeah. voted no. <laughs> Not everyone voted yes. It was a it was a contentious vote, but there was a lot of Democrats who voted for it, including yeah, uh, Hillary Feinstein was, and Hillary yeah. and Biden. <laughs> like... <laughs> whole bunch of fucking people but like this is this is my concern uh people bring up all the time in regards to the senate that california is this big huge state uh a liberal state Mm -hmm. will 100 percent be sending two democrats to the senate every time there's an opportunity uh -hmm. there's not enough republicans to really garner a third or a, a candidate and most of the republicans in california are like really far right republicans like yeah there's no, i was gonna like, say they're they're it's uh, not like the maryland republican party was for a while where it's like you know like it's 70 30 democrat republican but of those 30 about 15 are kind of democratic republicans like yeah yeah <laughs> like, they're uh uh rhinos yeah 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 they'll vote for a republican but only if the democrat just doesn't give a fuck yeah like yeah kathleen kennedy townsend deciding to wait until the last week to start campaigning it's just like <laughs> or like he's never gonna beat me anywho or uh, <laughs> the lieutenant governor under um, fuck uh, O'Malley O'Malley yeah yeah whose name I can't remember because we did not see him until he was October and he was like oh shit I'm gonna lose this thing all <laughs> so, right somebody showed him some numbers it's just like you might lose this race it's just like <laughs> really let me look at this oh fuck <laughs> shit all right <laughs> <laughs> why wasn't I trying this whole time uh so yes uh California has more people than. 15 states combined mm-hmm, of which mm-hmm. those 15 states each send two republican senators yep and they're all the worst the ones that are currently being sent from by those 15 states i honestly don't even need to know what states they are if they're republican senators i know they're pretty much the worst yep. right now yeah uh and california's got their two now if these two were well, to be fair California's got one right now. Well, the other one's I mean, a little busy. Running for vice running president. For vice president. <laughs> We're going to get a new senator from California, hopefully. Two. But not Diana. Come on, two. Maybe we'll get two. I just, I, I'm so like, California senator should be like the love child of AOC and Ed Bagley Jr. You like, could be as liberal as you want. Li- literally the most liberal senator in the history of the world. And you would you would win in a runaway. They could and go out to the mic and scream guillotines in D.C. <laughs> and there would be enough people to be like, no, he's not wrong. Yeah. What I'm saying is I could run for senator from <laughs> California and probably win. I mean, there basically it's whoever the party sort of ordains to be the senator of California. But I'm I saying I could like, not be the senator <laughs> from the state of California. But I mean, like it, it, it's fucking mad that at this in this time and place where we are constantly fighting against Republicans and. You know, Democrats are trying to come up with some sort of way to stop a, a unstoppable force, and like their thought process is just like, now's the time I'm going to make 
about bipartisanship. And I'm going to be like, this is, you know, thank you so much for such a well put together event. Like, no, this is done. Like it, the worst part is that you can't trust her. Like she is just as bad as, uh, fuck the one from, uh, uh, West Virginia. Bird. Uh, no, no, no. That was the old one from West Virginia. That was a uh, oh God. I can't remember his name now. He was a racist Democrat. He was like a weird guy. He held on as a yeah. Democrat for a long Robert time. Robert Bird. Yeah. And you were like, you are not a Democrat. I don't know what's up with you. Well, the KKK the, guy, the remember. Democrat who's currently in West Virginia, whose name I can't remember. He always he's like one of those swing Democrats. Like he's basically a Republican because yeah. West Virginia is really hard to win. But he's managed mm-hmm. to like hold on to his seat. But every once in a while, when there's a close vote, you're do- you don't know how he's gonna go. Because you're uh, you're worried about him. That's basically what we have. Like West Virginia and California have the same senator that you can't trust. Mansion, yeah, jo- Joe Mansion, Manchin. yeah. Like you can't you can't trust Joe Mansion to come through on like the Affordable Care Act because he's got to look like he's appeasing his Republican yeah. people. But Diane doesn't need to worry about that. Like she she could do anything any any weird she could say the green new deal isn't big enough and california would just be like yes let's do it let's make it 15 15 trillion dollars but the other thing about it is it's the senate so maybe if it wasn't diane feinstein if it was i'm just going to use him as an example he lives in indiana not in california people dead judge yeah you have a 30 listen all he's got to do is move here really uh a 38 year old Openly gay, relatively okay mayor yeah. with a record that is comparative to Kamala's, at least right now, um, who goes to the Senate and can just stand up and talk. Because once you start talking, they can't stop you from talking. I'm drafting. You just start talking. I'm drafting Katie Porter. I'm it, okay. I mean, that's not, fine too. If she's not running, I'm I'm writing her in. I don't give a fuck. I'm, but I just, want somebody who like, you know, like uh, he's not uh, liberal enough. Pete's not liberal enough. But the yeah. Ca- California's senator. And the Republic are in the the representatives of any part of the state, which are under solid Democratic control, should be the AOCs of the party. Yes, because they're not going to lose. Like what Democratic senator in downtown Los Angeles is going to lose like in Hollywood or anywhere here in L.A. or in San Francisco or anything like that. AOC's arguably got a tougher district. She has the Bronx and Brooklyn, which are Kansas voters. Like, why do you vote against your interest all the time? But Luckily, she came in at a time when there was a racist movement, and they were like, oh, so it's not what I believe in. It's that I am Puerto Rican or Dominican or black. All the people who celebrated AOC making Congress, and I know that you know she's divisive, so there's just as many people saying this is the dawn of the end of America when she was elected and stuff like that, but I'm saying for the the far-left progressive movement, uh, you should have seen the opportunity of AOC taking out the third most important person in the House as... Hey, we can do this any fucking time we want. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Pelosi's running against somebody, another Democrat, because California's got top two. Mm-hmm. So it's two Democrats in that in that vote. So you're not worried about losing your vote on a Democrat. You're not voting for a Republican to get rid of Pelosi. Yeah. I mean, the other guy's got problems. I'm not saying vote for him. But I'm saying do your research. Please, if there's any reason at all to vote for him, do it. But like. Yes. Because uh, I know what Pelosi's going to do. And like, yeah, I, honestly, I don't even know if I need to do research. It's like, it can't be worse, right? Well, I mean, like, like it, it, it can't be worse. I, I did a bare minimum of research on him, and he has, like, some, like, eh, kind of uh, abusive things going on in his life. 
And it sounds... What is wrong with this party? <laughs> you can run anyone. But it sort of seems like uh, he kind of has an abusive thing, like Amy Klobuchar had an abusive thing. Like, remember when her she was getting in trouble because uh, she was, like, yelling at staffers and throwing books and stuff like yeah. that? Like, it seems like there's a lot of that, and then also a kind of unsubstantiated sexual abuse thing going on, but... <sighs> Yeah, I know. Why can't just like it's like Jeffrey Tubin got fucking <laughs> got suspended today from the New Yorker and CNN because he like was on a Zoom call and then like thought he was on mute and thought the camera was off and he like stepped up and his dick was in frame or something. I don't know. I don't know what the whole story is, but it's just like you can't ever trust anybody because fucking the worst happens just when you need them the most. <laughs> like I need I really need just one can we get like a nun to run against Nancy Pelosi or something like that? So I don't have to worry about like, well, no, because the, the problem is though, that the nun is not going to be ultra liberal. Why can't I get a progressive nun? You know I what just, I want? <laughs> I want, um, I want a skateboarding progressive nun for San Francisco. <laughs> David Dellinger. To yeah. Pull there we go. From the Chicago seven. Yeah. There we like, go. Straight laced, completely anti-violence except for one situation <laughs> in his entire life, which yeah. happened in front of police and a judge. Uh, but also, <laughs> A, an insanely structured liberal who's like, oh, no, no, I'm I'm left of Lenin. That's yeah. where I am. But also, I look like I, is, I am a Boy Scout troop leader. Yeah. I am a straight-laced guy. I look like everything you want to vote for. But when you listen to me, I'm saying things like guillotines in the D.C. mall, which I don't look well, like the guy next door, but I want guillotines in the dc mall so what's wonderful is that like right now in the senate and house races across the country republicans are getting are going up against real like formidable challengers in some sort of way shape or form we talked about amy mcgrath right yep jamie harrison jamie harrison but like amy mcgrath specifically she was in the military i think she was in the air force uh you know (laughs) she's you know like she's done a lot within the state of kentucky like she has the pedigree of somebody who can you, for 20 years, McConnell has been running against soup cans. Yeah. Like the Democrats, like somebody might say that they're running as a Democrat against McConnell, but the DNC didn't give a fuck. They're like, why are we going to give you money? You're just going to get slaughtered. Yeah. Like nobody would pay attention to the race or anything like that. Things started changing a little bit with like Beto. Like as soon as Beto like uh, came in and like really showed that he could I gain could money Cruz. and I could yep. beat Cruz. Like hypothetically, there's a way I could beat him. People got interested in hurry. Yeah. But you know you need to have a li- you need to get that push sometimes to get the get the news out there that you're running didn't someone run in district 1 a a trans woman ran who was a former navy seal ran in district 1 against Andy Harris i think something like that happened i don't think she was trans but I, I think she was a military woman. I, I'm not 100% on I that, think she, though, either. I, I, I am, I'm almost sure she was trans. because I, I mean, I don't give a shit one way or the other. I'm just saying, like, I don't believe that was true. Because she couldn't be... You can't be a Navy SEAL. You can be a woman if you're a Navy SEAL. Until the late 90s. So mm. there's no way that I don't think that she could have been... Maybe not. I thought Maybe the story, though, that, that Andy Harris started talking about was... Made it about her sexuality, not about... She might have been a lesbian. I don't know. I there was some sexuality issue there. Yeah. But I'm just realizing that a candidate for District One in Maryland, the most conservative of Maryland districts, is arguably a a more iffy Democratic candidate than is running in the district that houses San Francisco. Yeah. 
and I'm very confused about that. Well, another another thing to keep in mind, uh, just for all the people who are just like the 1% and we need to get Wall Street out of Democratic politics and everything like that. Dianne Feinstein's the richest senator by yeah. a lot. Yeah. And and Nancy Pelosi, similarly, is one of the most is one of the wealthiest members of the House by a lot. Yeah, like, she she so, got that family money. She got that Baltimore mayor money, though. No, she didn't. She marry somebody who had some money, too, though. That's that's like how it really exploded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, like still like you, you can't, you know, like this is these are not the people that are thinking about the way that we live our like. You know, you say to yourself, like, oh, shit, I got $3,000 worth of student loan money due this month. Mm -hmm. And Dianne Feinstein is like, I spend $3,000 a month on the Purina cat chow that comes into this house every day. You know, there's like different operating levels in which you you live. And she's never going to understand what it's like to be you. Even if you told like even if you said like, you know, like, here's how much it costs to live. Here's how much it costs to like. You know, basic yeah. necessities. Here's how much I have in student loans. And then here's how much is left. And how am I ever supposed to grow? And she'll she'll be like, you know, like, well, yeah, they've really they've really fucked you. The system is really they've fu- done it. Yes. Yeah. They so the like system. you're the system. <laughs> You've been there longer than. Like, yeah, that's I, I saw uh, uh, like a a fake political poster <laughs> that just said something along the lines of uh, I think we should replace everyone in Congress with someone who is one check away from being homeless. Yeah. Because they will have a completely different attitude. They're like, wait, we're spending how much on jets? Yeah. How much? Yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, let's look at this housing situation. Let's yeah. look at education, homelessness. And if you took the average American and gave them, gave 435 of them congressional power and 100 of them uh, senatorial power, and then, by the way, from both well, parties. Let's just replace them. And you crazy Trump voter, go there. Yeah. And you see behind the curtain of what Feinstein sees at judi- uh, Judiciary and Defense and uh, Intelligence. And you get those briefings. And then come out of there and be like, we are selling hundreds of millions of dollars worth of cocaine on the streets of America today to fund stuff. I mean, why can't we just fund homelessness with that? Not that I'm saying we shouldn't sell the cocaine on the street. Because, I mean, you know. We could double dip here. Got to keep bit. the price down, but then at least buy housing with it. You know what I mean? I, um, I, I'm so I'm so done with her, and I I I I would really like her to resign. I don't want the retirement. I would like the I I had to leave because I'm so bad at this. Like well, I mean, there is a third option. I mean, I I would I would appreciate it if all the all the other Democratic senators literally like just grabbed her by her lapels and just like tossed her out of the Senate. Fresh that would Prince be, style. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> Ah! Uh, yeah, I, I just <laughs> I feel like there is a, there's a there's, there's a, a meme there somewhere. Yes, there's a video there somewhere. I who just, could we get who could dress up and look like Diane Feinstein from? <laughs> Why don't we just get the suit and then just like put the fake face like do the like uh, Roberto's brother was doing with Scarface earlier? I'm, like <laughs> all I'm saying is I'm seeing Feinstein's hair. We get like a lady's power suit. <laughs> Listen, the problem with this hair is that it can't be controlled. Right now it looks like Diane Feinstein's, but tomorrow it looks like Carrot Top, so I can't. Is, is Julio Castro still in the Senate? No, I don't, he, he never was, was he? Oh, uh, maybe not. All right, so uh, he my, was... my casting decision now has changed. Uh, we need to go with something else. We need. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yes. Let's brainstorm this a little bit. So, I just feel uh, like we can just get like a bunch of people and just like put, put the fake heads on it and. 
Yeah. Just get a clip from Fresh, Fresh Prince. I mean, if we're going to do that, we could just might as well uh, build a fake guillotine and we can march <laughs> him up to the guillotine. Is that too much? Is I mean, too far? the problem is that we have to get the rest of California behind us on this. Right now, they're still thinking that Dianne Feinstein's a reliable Democrat who's oh, going to do okay. what. But nobody pays attention. That's the problem. Yeah, so. well, uh, speaking of not paying attention, welcome to the darkest days of our current pandemic. Uh, I never so, would have known. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so. We have the benefit of being in Southern California, which means that winter is upon us, and that means temperatures are going to fall, fall, fall to the low 60s, yeah, maybe no. the high 50s. I know. Get your get your cardigans ready. I got to get my yeah. I got to get my jacket <laughs> out of storage. Um, and uh, so for us, it's not as big of an impact. And I don't understand. Well, I do understand that people here are, are idiots, and they're not going to follow the rules either. Mm-hmm. But. Um, all the doctors, I'm, I'm sorry, no, all the legitimate doctors yeah. uh, have been saying all along, we need to get down. We got to get down to a 2% to 5% max positivity rate by a week and a half ago. Because if we don't, we're going to have this problem with everyone in the Northeast, especially the place that we ran from that's really cold. Um, and if you've ever seen the uh, uh, Entourage movie, there's a moment where uh, Drama is in the back of a, a car and he says, I can't go back to New Jersey, bro. New York. New York. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't go back to New York, bro. I like the weather here too much. I've acclimated. That's where I am. Uh, I can go back to visit, but I can never go back and live. Yeah. Uh, and especially every- seeing as when we visit is always winter time. So we're doing the yeah. <laughs> get off the get on the plane at 70 degrees. Get off the plane at seven degrees. <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh, going to uh, going to Mexico or going to Vegas yeah. and then coming back. That was the worst. Uh, <laughs> In anyways, January when we yeah, yeah. it was freezing. Uh, anyway, um, point being, uh, now everyone in the Northeast and also the Northwest and also uh, the center of the country and uh, everywhere except for Southern California and Southern Florida is about to head into wintertime. And winter means being indoors more. And the funny thing about that is... The virus spreads really well indoors. Yeah. Um, and the reason we had to get down to a 2% positivity rate was so that when we went indoors, we wouldn't spread it. But now we're at a 8.5% positivity rate, which means uh, we, on the new projections, could hit 400,000 plus dead by January. Uh, and to put that By the way, that's almost double what we're at right now. Yeah, so. yeah, which which was already double what they were predicting we'd be at yeah. by this time when they predicted that in March. In March, they were saying 100,000 by the end of the year. One of my favorites was Savannah Guthrie. Was uh, One of the things she fought with Trump about was when he was just like, they said that 2 million people could be dead. And it's just like, yeah, 2 million was the expectation if we did literally nothing. If yeah. nothing was done, 2 million could die. Over a longer period, not by the end of the year, like over the end a longer, of the pandemic. Yeah, the end of the pandemic, yeah. Uh, and we're at two hundred thousand now after several months. So, yes, that's ten percent. We're ten percent yeah. of the way there. If you had done nothing at all, yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, dark days of pandemic, and uh, I wanted to put it in perspective because uh, approximately four hundred and sixty-five thousand people died liberating the world from fascism Mm -hmm. in North Africa and Italy and Europe and then island hopping across the Pacific. And 
The example I used is World, and that was World War II. For those of you who are, I apparently have learned, don't know much <laughs> about the World Wars. Uh, World War II was a war where we would say we need to take that hill. The twelve of you take that hill, and then the four hundred people at the bottom of the hill would say, "Sit and watch," as those twelve ran up the hill and got machine gunned down. And then the, the commander would be like, "All right, I need twelve more," and just send people up the hill. Yeah, and I think it's a good example because. That's what we're doing with COVID essentially now. We're just allowing people to just die yeah, uh, without doing much about it. And uh, so there's a chance that by Valentine's Day, uh, we'll be at 440,000 dead, which will match uh, the number of people who died in World War II. And um, Trump clearly uh, supporting his staff of doctors who are giving good medical advice this is the time to stand behind. Well, you're shaking your head, Corey, but I've seen a political ad where Dr. Fauci was clearly in support of the president. Yeah, They're so on the about that. <laughs> they, they clearly must be on the same page. Uh, except that Trump threw Fauci under the bus today, and that's after Fauci said, I don't appreciate being in the campaign ad because I do everything I can to stay very apolitical, stay that's out of I've it. That's been in the White House yeah. for two decades, yeah. Um, and uh, I... Fauci's uh, favorability, by the way, we talk about the lows of lows yeah. earlier. His favorability is at like 73% or something like that. He's generally seen, regardless of political party, as a very trusted source and a a well-intentioned voice in this whole thing. I would have guessed 68 because I would guess he wouldn't be supported by the 32% of people who actually support Trump. But maybe there's some crossover there. I'm not aware. I guess there's a little bit of crossover there. Yeah. But, I mean, like, generally it's, speaking. It's like, the people who look at Trump and say, ah, the tweeting is a bit much. Fauci is clearly a good epidemiologist. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, so, know. like, if you think about it in terms of, like, uh, Trump's vote here and how he needs to get some of these votes back from Biden. Yeah. Some of the people who are going to be voting for Biden. I would think that the guy who has 70% popularity... Maybe if you could win him over and make him think that you're taking this seriously, then he says something nice about you, and then I don't have to do that. I could take something nice that he said out of context and, and just make put it, it seem in like it's about yeah. me. Yeah, that's that seems like the thing to do. I just don't think it helps that that much, does it? <laughs> I, I I don't I don't understand where the logic is here at all. And you, you said he's got to like step up and take some stuff, say states back. But that call was to his campaign staff, and it basically sounded like we're. Fucked. And yeah. it's not my fault. It's, it's Fauci's, Fauci's fault, fault. Yeah. and it's the doctor's fault, and it's your fault a lot. I blame most of you on this call who haven't been able to win me states, but it's clearly not my fault. Right. Which is the most inspiring campaign speech I have ever yeah. heard. Um, forget about Sorkin. Anything he's written, out the window. Well, I mean, like, obviously, this is the week that we had uh, Hunter Biden, too, in the emails, the New York Post story. And, you know, it, it's... <laughs> What are you trying to hold back something? Or? I just I, I when I read this the story that the computer uh, expert who found the emails was yeah. blind. I just said, "Wait a second. because I was willing to accept that everything in that story was true. And listen, we we've <laughs> we've had a uh, we've had conversations before about uh, where we said this doesn't feel like the end of this story just yet. Yeah. So we didn't talk about it because of that, because I don't really want to talk about a story that looks most likely that it's fake. But if for whatever reason, it's true. If for whatever reason, this was Hunter Biden's email that, or laptop that he dropped off at a repair shop and has 
slightly damaging things on it, mm-hmm. then okay, I'm I'm willing to let somebody try and prove to sure. me it's real. Sounds kind of like bullshit right now. It it and wait is is it the fact that every news agency except the New York Post passed on the yeah, story? Before? I mean that's part of it. The <laughs> other Rudy the, Giuliani was the first call. Yeah. Uh, okay. These are all things that make me think <laughs> lesser of it. But you know what? I honestly I I am uh on. It's one of those I can be mad at the New York Times for publishing this, and I can Post, be mad at New York Post. T- Post. I'm Times, sorry. Yes. New York Post of t- uh publishing this. At the same time, I can be mad at Twitter and Facebook for not for censoring it essentially but i also don't know how i want them to handle this differently because i guess the problem is that like i've generally told people that like newspapers that you know of uh should sort of have carte blanche to say what they report on because they can get sued the new york post can get sued for Yes. In, uh, improper things that are written in this story. And even for the tweet that improperly states something that is in the improper story. They can right. get sued for libel for that. Yeah. Twitter is not going to get sued by anybody. Now, I mean, granted, everything that's inside of that story is kind of on fishy ground as far as, like, what would you sue for, which is very much by design. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, I, I also think that, you know, like, uh, there's kind of a... If it's a reputable news source, like I feel like you have to let them put it out there and then let the people decide. Yeah. If it was, you know, Jeff's awesome, totally true blog dot com. And he wrote like, you know, like every night Joe Biden peels off his skin and becomes a mole person. Like, I don't think Facebook has to allow that to go on the Internet because like clearly it's clearly bullshit. I I don't (laughs) want you to put out this fake narrative that he's a mole person. He's clearly a lizard man. (laughs) He's part of the cabal that eats children. Yeah. He's taking over the world. Well, great. Another question that Trump got, by the way, was the QAnon like. How I just told you about them. By the way, you guys got to watch him. Him talking about QAnon. It's the most amazing. Like these are people who care a lot about pedophilia. It's just like, yeah. They also have some kind of weird made up theories that maybe, yeah. you wanna, maybe you should know about. And by the way, uh, I, been looking into QAnon. I wanted to do an episode about QAnon, and I realized that again, much like World War II, there's no easy way to cover it. Yeah. Because no one believes the same thing. They just have a few things that are like intertwined. Where it's like, I don't believe anything one to eight, but I do believe nine and ten. And you're like, well, I believe one through six, but not seven and eight. But I do believe nine and ten too. So since we both believe in nine and ten, we can talk. Yeah. And then we're gonna get a new conspiracy. And we're going to argue about whether or not it's true. Well, another another part of it that I really enjoy is just the uh, that it, it sometimes feels like people are making off uh, new backstories that weren't explained in the original text. Like, have you ever mm-hmm. watched a movie with somebody and they're just like, you ever think about how this movie could be different if the two main guys were brothers? And then you're just like. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, that would be a very interesting story, but they actually never specified that that's, they were brothers. Yeah, so I don't think we should <laughs> I don't think we should read into it. It's just like, no, but I'm going to come up with a whole bunch of things about if they were brothers. It's like, yeah, but they weren't. So, so <laughs> here's they the difference between you and I. They were brothers. A little bit different between you and I. Uh, <laughs> I spent uh, almost no time on a pot dealer's couch forcing <laughs> conversation, waiting for him to bag me up some. So <laughs> I feel like that's very much like a... Uh, we're going to smoke some pot and talk about like, what if the one thing about this movie was completely different, but it is so fundamental to the movie itself (laughs) that it changes the whole universe. What if Luke wasn't the son? (laughs) What if if Vader was lying when he said he was your father? Yeah, but he is. He's he's, so I can't really, 
go back on that. There, yeah, uh, that's that's part of the story. And it's not just it's not it, Obi Wan says, yeah, right. they, they they acknowledge the parentage, yeah, but. What if he wasn't? <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, so I got to get going. What are you, uh, so you how gotta, are we doing on the 8th? What's sometimes you got to figure out, like, where in the QAnon conspiracy you are. Because sometimes it's just like, you know, like Adam Schiff's got, like, a bunch of teenagers in a suite at the Hollywood, W Hollywood or something like that. And you're just mm-hmm. like, okay. And then all of a sudden it, like, jarts off into, like, two different competing storylines like depending on whatever the internet decides is like the most compelling of the day like and that was the thing that i found it's like literally some things have three or four different conspiracies about them and people disagree and sometimes they change their minds on different days about which one is true well not only that but like just like you might be hung up on something in particular like uh pedophilia the one percent like you're really against the one percent so if you were part of a big, huge conspiracy of nut jobs coming up with stories, then you would always try and figure out some sort of way to like wiggle the 1% into it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, well, the reason why this earthquake happened wasn't because of, you know, the gays like this guy is saying. It's really because Sheldon Alderson decided to donate $60 million to this Shell Corporation. And then you're just like that starts its own little thing. And the other person was like, you know, blame the gays is like on this side, like mm-hmm, creating mm-hmm. their own little, but you get like the Christmas tree of like thousands of little stories is going off of one another. But again, if we all believe that the one event that started that little Christmas tree <laughs> is true, is a conspiracy, then it doesn't matter. And I don't understand. I can't tell you how many conversations I had with people where it's like, Oh, like, okay, so uh, the Trade Center fell at free fall speed, and there's only two frames of a plane hitting a building in D.C., one of the most uh, CCTV cities in the world. Yeah. I'll acknowledge that that is, that's both strange. And then I got them in Facebook Messenger sending me things about, like, uh, I, I don't, I, uh, Osama bin Laden is actually still a CIA agent, yeah. and that his, the fact that, funded the fact by that them, Trump, retweeted like that Osama is still alive and SEAL Team 6 is dead and like all these things are like they're alive you can find them like one of them wrote a book they did a movie about it is he on Twitter just like ask him is he dead you can add him right now it's him although something tells me too as president you could pick up the phone and just be like hey SEAL Team 6 alive yeah uh, I just saw a tweet. I just want to confirm whether or not the, the people who killed Osama bin Laden. I know it was only like fucking five years ago, but are they, are they all dead now? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I was going to say you can't really trust Twitter because Herman Cain is, is also tweeting <laughs> and he's also very clearly dead. So Herman Herman Cain today, earlier, coronavirus is a hoax. It's just like, well, Herman, I'm, t- I'm sorry to tell you, but. Uh, that doesn't seem accurate. Get the Maury Povich meme in here. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. A little bit of local news, and I do we want to still talk about this? Is this uh, well, just a, a quick jump touch in here? Yeah. yeah. So uh, there was a uh, there was a moment here in Hollywood where uh, there was a manhunt for a sexual assault uh, suspect. Suspect. Yes. And he jumped a fence at Paramount Studios, and there was a lot of police presence around Paramount. Mm-hmm. And apparently, at one point, he got into the New York set because there's a New York City street set. And he got into one of the homes. And for people who don't know how this works, 
they're all like fa- like fabricated exteriors. Yes. So like you would open up a door so it looks like you can walk into this place, but then on the other side it's just wood or like a false wall or like Wait. just enough space for you to like you can walk to, in to make the video or make the shot of the guy walking stepping up the in. steps and yeah. then stepping into the house and closing the door. But there's nothing inside of the house that is real. No. It's all fake. And uh, <laughs> as he learned, the upstairs window that looks like a bedroom is just a depth perspective painting. Yeah. In, on the other side of that open window frame. So, right. So, yeah. So basically, this guy was trying to escape, and he breaks into Paramount and gets into the New York set and goes into one of the buildings and finds out that it's not real, real and shimmies up to the top and is hiding out from the cops <laughs> from a couple hours. But all I could think about was... Uh, you know, uh, when when something in L.A. happens, I feel like the minds of screenwriters just start lighting up. It's just like so many people, I'm sure, were looking for the opportunity to be able to shoot something on a movie set studio so that they can show the behind the fake. scenes. They yeah. don't have to worry yeah. about the fake scenes anymore. It's just like you can make it part of the story. And I'm sure there was a lot of screenwriters who were just like interior paramount <laughs> night. Or would be criminal question. as escaping the prison. <laughs> is it an interior of the studio or an exterior of New York Street? Oh, well, I guess it would be exterior New York Street, Paramount Studios night. And then when once he goes inside, it would be interior. See, uh, cut well, to but it's interior. not a real house, though. There's not a real roof. It's yeah, but you would still. So thinking about it in terms of how you're shooting it, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. really the interior exterior thing is really about like whether or not you're seeing the outside, per se. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Craig Mazin's rule, which is it doesn't matter (laughs) if you write a good script. Nobody's going to care which one you use. I mean, that's true, too. I mean, if it's a good script, then nobody. But uh, the funniest thing for me from all that, yes, I imagine that 10,000 screenwriters immediately booted up their Macs at whatever (laughs) coffee shop they were sitting at. And we're like, all right, I have the very unique vision of this story. It's going to be fantastic. I was more laughing at the fact that I am almost certain that this guy went running down that street saw the building which isn't clearly fake from street level because yeah. it's at the angle that you would have the camera shooting at it well it, it looks, looks uh, real it looks just like new york if you're walking down the street and i imagine this guy running up the stairs of this uh, uh it's not a brick uh what would you call that um it's a stone row house, basically, yeah. but it's supposed to look like stone. Right. Kicking in the door and finding out that this building is four feet deep. <laughs> it's not a real building. It's just being like, oh, shit. And then turning around to run, but seeing the cops come at him and be like, I've made my decision and shut the door behind him. And again, the buildings are literally four feet deep because all they do is paint a perspective painting on the inside yeah. of the window to make it look like it's a room. But you can. Well, if you need to film the interior, go to the place you go where to the the, <laughs> you go into the sound stages where you can build the interior and you can move the walls. Like that, that's and that's the, why you want it. You don't yeah. want a real building. You want to be able to have a four wall, a four wall living room that you can just be like, all right, let's take that wall out. All right, we're going to shoot from that angle. And now we're going to take that wall out and shoot from that angle. I'd really love the camera to be right here about five feet behind the wall that we have built. Well, right, let's take the wall. Take the wall out. That's fine. Uh, but I just imagine that once he had like dedicated himself to go in there, he learns that the building is narrow. And there are stairs because you can also do the thing where like you're sitting in the upstairs window, like yeah, leaving down like somewhere looking on the street. Down, yeah. Cut to you're stepping out of the door. Right. Which again is only four feet deep. Yeah. But I am just picturing him doing the uh, walk like an Egyptian. Or the camera from up top, like looking down at somebody as they're leaving or something. Right, like, yeah, coming out the door. Dad's going on a business trip and getting into the cab outside. Like 
But I just imagine this guy kicking the door open, being like, I've made a horrible decision, but I'm going to live with it. And then doing the walk like an Egyptian. Across? <laughs> up the stairs. <laughs> just crab walking all the way up to the top of the third floor where he finds out that this bedroom he saw from the street yeah. is a three-dimensional painting. And he's just like, well, shit. And then basically sitting under the window, like, I'm not giving up, coppers. <laughs> and some cop outside, you know, I, we talked about this before, but you know, it's just like, that's made a plot. We could shoot him. It's not stone. I'll shoot him through that. It's not going to stop it. And then be like, Breonna Taylor, man. You can't be shooting wildly. It's, the one, it's fine. The one guy who got fucking charged <laughs> to Breonna Taylor was the one who wildly shot from outside the building. Let's not be the you. Like. It's plaster, man. <laughs> I can see him. I see him looking at us right Dude, now. Dude, you don't want to fuck with it. Johnny Depp might be in there. You don't want to... <laughs> You don't want to be on TMZ, man. Let's not do it. Yeah, and and let's then the wait them out. The the uh, hopefully the image that you're seeing or you've seen throughout this is the one of like the helicopter just uh, putting the light down on the yeah, building that you're like, oh my gosh, it's a, oh no, it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, thinking about it, he also was probably risking shooting the helicopter up through the building and then hitting the <laughs> helicopter the on the other, other side. side. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, one last one last Hollywood thing, just while we get out. Uh, oh, yeah. Trial of Chicago Seven is out on Netflix now. Both Rob and I are big Aaron Sorkin fans. We're yes. both gonna have reviews of this coming up here shortly. Uh, and, and oh, it's Sorkiny. Yeah. Oh, I, it's Sorkiny. I I felt like it wasn't as Sorkiny as you thought it was. I thought he turned it tuned it down a little bit, but uh, you know, it, it's certainly verbose. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Well, see, and this is where we disagree because you are. Aaron Sorkin Jr. And you like to write that way. And you were just like, I think the speeches could have been, they could have monologued at each other way more and for longer. And I was just like, ah, it's a little much, but mm, I mean like uh, watch reviews. You'll, yes. you'll get a, you'll get a sense of it. But so my review for this will be up on Sunday. Corey's will be up uh, nine weeks from next Thursday. <laughs> and then uh, you'll be able to compare them. It'll be fine. Right. But uh, definitely worth seeing because this is an, uh, uh, on the list of like all the Oscar contenders for this year. And if you get a chance to see one of these at home, why not? Uh, an Oscar favorite, a potential Oscar favorite. And, and lots of great acting in it. I was uh, great writing. Uh, and it, just generally speaking, I, I think it's worth seeing. I, I did miss, I was telling you, like, I feel like there were there were moments where if we would have seen this in a theater, like there's a moment where all, all the protesters go back to the park. Yeah. And the police are on the hill. And they do this like panning shot to show all the police on the hill. Yeah, and which I think was meant for a big screen. Yeah, if you're in a movie stuff. theater and you see yeah. this move and you see all the police and they look like each one of these figures is like ten feet tall worth of screen. Yeah, you're just like holy shit! Like you're, they're really up against something when it's a screen. You know, even on the perfectly reasonable fifty-five to sixty-inch television screens we watch this shit on. Yeah, it's still less than the hundred feet of movie theater screen. And moments like that feel a little bit less. So, I mean, like, I think there is an aspect of this movie that I would have liked to have seen in the theater. But, you know, Netflix as well, they probably wouldn't have had a huge uh, theater. If you know this, we're in L.A., the one place where we might be able to see a Netflix movie. Yeah, we could have gone to Alamo or something like (laughs) that and seen it, you know, in a non-pandemic time. But Yeah. But, I mean, also, not only great writing, great acting, probably an Oscar contender. But I think it's important because... I mentioned 1968 pretty often about Mm -hmm. how essentially we almost had a chance to have another 1968 this year. We didn't quite get there, but uh, it's 
it's important that you note these things. And I made it a reference to David Dellinger earlier, yeah. who is one of the defendants of the Chicago Seven. Um, I think it's interesting and a good lesson for everyone on the left that like those seven guys plus eight, if you want to count, um, black Panther, the black, yeah, yeah. the, the uh, oh, I didn't want, I wanted to call him by his name and now I can't remember. I keep wanting to say Fred, but it's not Fred. It's, uh, oh, I'm it's blanking on it too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but nonetheless, those eight guys have drastically different beliefs and from nonviolence to like, cultural revolution to actual revolution but they were just like in 68 we're like no okay what we're gonna do is we're gonna get rid of this yeah and once this is gone we'll figure we'll it out figure something out <laughs> on the other side we can do our infighting on the other side of this and now we have a leftist party that doesn't even stand up to the other party yeah when they're in power so yeah well one last thing on the agenda here mm-hmm. and uh for this we are going to have to take a trip down to sports ball Sorry, I gave Roberto no time. On no, that. I love that you use the the words that intro the Baltimore corner yeah. to intro sports ball, and I get to see him like frantically clicking to figure out what. <laughs> well, if you talk about. if you want me to, uh, we could talk about the Mos- Mosby's uh, not paying their taxes. Oh well, <laughs> that's another story that I feel like I want to see develop. Because yeah, I, just I wanna... don't know where it's gonna go. Um, I mean, I'd love it if she got arrested. I she... really would. But <laughs> if I also her and D'Souza <laughs> just sitting in the same. <laughs> Oh, he's out now, though. Yeah, never mind. I, I, I do uh, want to just point out, though, that the reason for those difficulties weren't necessarily... It was because Corey kind of jumped around and did a, a, a weird intro, but also because Roberto's too good to use the actual built-in mouse on the, yeah. the laptop. He has to use his own mouse, and uh, apparently there were some difficulties there. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Producer extraordinaire, <laughs> if anybody's looking for any help. So, anyway, go ahead with your sports ball. So, uh, the World Series is now all set. A uh, golf? No, of baseball. I'm unfamiliar with the sport. <laughs> is there, is there some the uh, one the Orioles play? Oh, okay. Oh, I know well, the Orioles. <laughs> but no, no, that that's that happens in the springtime. That wasn't happening this year. I I remember that distinctly. It, they they ended up playing. They they did a sixty game season and no fans and oh, you now mean, they've been uh, doing the postseason and like spring training. No, uh, no, no. We both went, went the down to real spring season and I, I saw the game and you didn't get to see it. Remember the, the last week of the season I was like the Orioles still have a chance to make the playoffs and you're like if you want to talk about it on the podcast I guess. Oh okay. Yeah, no, I did. I watched the. Uh, I think I watched this season exactly twelve minutes of baseball. By, by the way, by the way, spoiler alert: they didn't win. They, did. <laughs> they didn't make it. And if Corey in fact, went and put, in fact, they did. They did uh, exactly what I wish they would have done, which is uh, be really competitive until the last week of the season, and then lose as many games as possible to get the best draft pick possible. Like, yeah, when you realize you're not going to just make it, it's like, yeah, go for the draft pick. Oh, we got to win all these games. Let's yeah. fuck it. <laughs> Let's lose uh, them all instead. But. uh Thinking back to you wanting to put a bet of a uh, hundred dollars because it was going to pay one point seven million dollars if you put a hundred dollar bet on. Listen, uh, we we joked around about a lot of teams there, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, the, the Rays might have been one. The of The Rays would have been one of the teams <laughs> where you could have gotten some good. Yeah, I, I wonder what the odds were at the beginning of the season for the Rays. I mean, I could find out. But. I, I know it was they were down at the bottom with with the Orioles at the bottom of the uh, AL. Yeah, so. Surprise, but, surprise. But this this season, the, uh, this World World Series is very interesting. 
uh, like a lot of them are for various different reasons. But this one in particular, because the Dodgers are the richest team Mm -hmm. or one of the richest teams in the majors and the Rays are one of the poorest. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Rays cheated their way through the entire season. No, that was the Astros who thankfully got destroyed by the Rays. (laughs) Okay, good. Yes. Yeah. By. By losing, uh, by coming back and then losing Game Seven. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, look what happens when you're not playing at home with a trash can right off the, you know. <laughs> if you had to play in Texas instead of Houston, yeah. it all comes tumbling down. Well, if you have to play in Arlington yeah. instead of uh, Houston, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I'm very fascinated by this, these, this matchup because it's like two polar opposites in terms of how they're built and what kind of resources they have, and LA is the second or third biggest market in the country and yes and uh tampa is not even liked by the people who live in florida (laughs) like the people who actually live in tampa don't go to the Rays games because there's a bridge i was gonna say first of all they don't want to cross the to go to st pete the Rays don't play in tampa they play in st pete yeah that's the difference that's the problem it's not the st pete Rays. it's well they call the tampa Rays, but the tampa and st pete is separated by a bridge which is just According to the people in Florida, it's just not even worth going across. I feel like, like it, we've gone across that. I've gone across that bridge. And I, I have to, yeah. It is a four-lane bridge that needs to be uh, nine lanes on each side in order to accommodate the traffic. I mean, it's the Bay Bridge, but it's not nearly as bad as the Bay Bridge is during, like, peak summer. Oh, uh, that's like, true, too. It feels, it feels like, you know, like, I have to go across the Bay Bridge on, like, a October day. Like, you know, it, Maybe there's a little bit more during the rush hour traffic that I'm yeah. sure annoys people, but like, well, and I mean, uh, if you're already not hot on the team, I I drove. I mean, to be 90 fair, minutes to watch the Orioles. To so. be fair, I I can understand that somebody who lives in Tampa proper doesn't want to go, you know, plan for an hour and a half trip across the bridge to go to St. Pete to watch this Rays team. Like, I get it. You're not that committed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, I live you know, a really good throw away from Dodger stadium. And it takes me about 90 minutes to get there too. That's so <laughs> I don't, I, I to can understand fair, the, the torture of this. You could walk, but yeah. then it's that uphill. Cause it's gotta be I ain't walking up a fucking, fucking mountain. mountain. <laughs> I ain't walking up a fucking mountain. So, but uh, this team is, these two teams are fascinating because there are players on the, the Dodgers, you know, of Mookie Betts mm-hmm. and uh, Cody Bellinger and, uh, uh, Corey Seager and Justin Turner and Kershaw World-class and pitching like Kershaw. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Rays have have a very good lineup as well with a lot of players that you maybe remember. Like <laughs> you, you remember Charlie Morton, right? Pitch for the Astros for a little while. Nope. Well, he's their ace. Okay. He's doing good for them. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they How gave, many ex Orioles are on their team? I don't know if there's any. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well. I'm not sure how good they're going to be then because, you know, being an ex-Oriole is what really puts you in your well, stride. So what's really fascinating, though, is that they have they have a lot of players who look like they have uh, big futures ahead of them. Uh, somewhere else, of course. Well, yeah, somewhere where they can afford to pay <laughs> Once them. they when get they, paid somewhere yeah. else, yeah. But, you know, it, 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 those types of guys sometimes are just incredible when it when the right things happen, when the right s- series of – like Randy Rosarena is – uh, on the Rays, you've never heard of him. Nope. Uh, and he's hit eight home runs this postseason, or seven, seven or eight home runs this postseason. Out of nowhere, he's just the best player on the Rays. To be fair, the and, uh, the Orioles got eliminated by a Royals team that was full of people that we hadn't heard about two years before, basically. Yeah, so, but they all just got good all at the same time. On and the then, same team, yeah. at the same time, they got good. They kicked us out of our last chance to get into the the uh, World Series. Well, and and it, it it makes me wonder more and more as to whether or not. Uh, 
there's there's something to to be said about constraint and creativity. Whereas like I told you about the building the the race car earlier. Mm-hmm. If I give you $10,000 and I say build me a race car, you're going to really rack your brain trying to come up with every single possible thing you could do to get it in under cost. Yep. If I say you have an unlimited budget for this race car, sure you're going to be thinking of creative things you can do with all the money you have for your race car, but you're not really like focused on like how can I make the most out of what I got. Well, the, it's the just problem like is disposable it- like Oh, I can just get myself a Mookie Betts now. Like ten thousand dollars to build a race car, or a hundred million dollars to make a race car. You're going to be spending ten thousand or a hundred million. Yeah, hundred million. You don't have leftover money at the end of it. <laughs> exactly. You find a way to spend it. I, 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 I. It makes me feel hopeful, at least for the Orioles, because teams like the Rays and the uh, A's, who've done well with very low budgets for the last twenty years, like perhaps the Orioles are of the same. Uh, vein where well, really we where as like a mid market team we can still compete even with the lesser resources if we're only more creative than the next team is they just need to go out and find themselves a manager who has a proven track record of success <laughs> like Kevin Cash of the Rays well I, I was gonna say uh, there was a guy who was in New York for a while and then he mm-hmm. went out to Arizona yeah his in name, Texas yeah his name escapes me I can't Buck Show Walter that guy yeah, yeah we should get him for <laughs> five or six years and see what we can do he did well. Oh, yeah. Newsflash, he did well. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, that sunset on that period of time, I'm not <laughs> um, happy about it, but... Uh, you know what we really need? What? New owner. That's the <laughs> problem. Well, the sun's taking over now. How do we so. get one of those? <laughs> I don't know if Peter Angelos is still, like, doing anything. I know he owns the team, but I, I'm pretty sure he's, like, uh, uh, on a long fishing trip. And John Angelos has been running things for a while, if that if that makes any sense. I picture one of those boxes. You know those boxes they used to sweat you in with everything but your head yeah, yeah, is inside? Yeah. That, except for cold. And his <laughs> head is inside of a fishbowl, and he doesn't move because he's frozen, but there's a computer over a here. A real like, Futurama thing going yeah, on like here. Yeah, like a 1970s yeah. computer, and it speaks in a very computery voice, <laughs> and that's how uh, Angelos is still with us. And every once in a while, an ad for Meets with Ilioma runs on that screen <laughs> just because it Mark, has to. Mark Mark Elias walks in and he's just like, yeah, so I'm uh, looking over some things that we can do with the team. And then the, the, have computer, you worked- the computer just starts going like, have you thought about re-signing Chris Davis to a big contract? It's like, well, we did that already and it didn't work out well. It's like, have you thought about re-signing Chris Davis to a big contract? It's like, I think it's stuck on a couple years ago. Should we, should we update the machine? Have you been a victim of mesothelioma? <laughs> The law offices of Peter Angelos can represent you in yeah, your class so action. I, 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 to those who may not get, Peter Angelos literally made money enough to buy the Orioles because uh, the U.S. Navy poisoned every person in Sparrows Point yeah. with mesothelioma at their plant. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he was basically like, hey, everybody, I'll take your case, and then got a lot of money and bought the team, and we are ever the worse for it. Well, hopefully... Uh in the future, we can we can aspire to be a raise like team where we make the most of so little. Oh dear God in heaven! What did you just say? Can we aspire to be a raise like team? Listen, I, I you know like what they do inside of inside of the front office and inside of the manager's office and on the field seems to be working really well. It's the decisions of like allowing them to exist in Florida, which are my real problems, or the decisions of the people in Florida to not support any of these teams that win. 
Well, I, like, I was going to say that. Because remember all- back when the last time that the Rays made the World Series and nobody fucking went. There was empty, <laughs> empty seats, seats at a World, at a World Series game. You are the collectively and, and, you know, like you're allowed to have a sports team. You're they're allowed to succeed every once in a while. I'm not trying to take away somebody's mm-hmm. joy, mm-hmm. but Florida doesn't deserve their sports teams. They don't like they're <laughs> if the Orioles are in the World Series, the Hilton's going to sell tickets to that flat roof mm-hmm. that we look over from yeah. our rooms because it'll be like if you strain you can kind of see the outfield and somebody's like 200 i got 200 can <laughs> i just go it. up there i'll take it can i get beers up there or what's the situation <laughs> up there there's a bed oh score <laughs> uh, i was gonna say uh but if we want to be like the the race front can office, take a nap during commercial breaks the Rays front office, the Rays uh, owner's office. Then uh, at what point are we going to let somebody homeless move in upstairs into the warehouse? That, <laughs> that happened be? during the off season. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. So we got to. I guess they laid off the security. <laughs> <laughs> well, nope. you got to make the most of the, what you have. Yeah. All right. Security. No more season. We don't need you. What's so, the worst that could happen? So do you have a uh, do you have a, a take on who you think is going to win? I know you haven't been following the teams very closely, but do you, do you have a favorite between the Dodgers and the? I uh, am having grown up in the AL East. I always have a fervent belief that money will always win over talent. <laughs> it doesn't matter how scrappy you are. Uh, you could be the team that looks like it's on its way and it's 1997 and a little shit reaches over the wall and ruins all of your hopes and dreams uh, and the evil empire that just continues to buy itself championships. 27, I believe, is what I keep hearing on Twitter. Yeah. Despite the fact that their team didn't make the playoffs this year. Or, like, not the real playoffs. Well, they made the playoffs, yeah. They lost the, uh, to the Rays. Not yeah. the real playoffs, though. <laughs> it's the expanded first couple of rounds. I think I don't they would have made it. The ALCS. Yeah. Did, were they in the ALCS? No. All right. Then I don't want to hear about your damn rings, okay? <laughs> but in the end... Uh, Money almost. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, the Orioles haven't been in ALCS for a while, so I don't know if we should use that as the barometer. For <laughs> That's also probably yeah. true. Uh, but in the end, uh, I, I do think that that uh, I look at games like um, the or the series, like the Giants versus Do- uh, Giants versus Dodgers, uh, which wasn't World Series, but obviously the uh, the NLCS. Mm. And every team I can think of that has matched up, other than the Rays this year, has been basically like. The two biggest spenders of whatever, of either league you're talking about. American League, two biggest spenders. Uh, or um, it's Boston, New York. Yeah. Two biggest For, spenders. Well, I, th- I, I think the, the analytics of the game has really changed, has really evened out that advantage. You say that. I do say that. I think I think that, you know, like, it, it's one of those, you got to be so lucky to be able to win. So, so wait, like so, it, the A's just being in competition every year and mm-hmm. making the playoffs like 10 out of the last, that's all you can really hope for at, at a certain point, unless you're willing to make the investments into players that will help like sure up the post, you know, like, cause you, if you have a bets, like if you're the Dodgers yeah. and you're able to get bets for, you know, it was a, a rental at one point, he's signed an extension since then. But like, you know, do you think the money gets you better analytics though? I mean, I think you have more access to the people who are able to do the analytics, but I think that it, uh, it's it's more of a matter of, of figuring out how the analytics work for you as opposed to... I'm sure you're right. Money and analytics are only uh, causally, like, slightly connected. Let me ask Jeeves uh, about that. Uh, how do I Google Jeeves? 
Oh wait, one of those things is the verb that yeah. I use for searching on the internet, and the other one is half the people listening to this were just like, "Who the fuck is G?" <laughs> the guy sitting to my right has no idea what "ask Jeeves" means. Yeah, I am so goddamn old. I fucking <laughs> hate this. Well, so so here's here's the final question for you before we get out of here. Uh, L.A. Mm-hmm. has won the NBA Finals mm-hmm. with the Los Angeles Lakers. And now they have the Dodgers in the World Series. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup, which is hockey, in case you forget. I do forget, yes. Uh, uh, and they I, have the Tampa Bay Rays in the World Series. Sure, yeah. If either the Rays or the Dodgers win the World Series, will you are you ready to bestow title town on either one of these Who cities? Won? Or do you need do you need the the uh, Buccaneers or the the Rams to win a win a Super Bowl to really Solidify the title town. Who won MLS this year? I think they're still going. Didn't they start? They started late because of Corona, and yeah, I think I'm they're. Not, I'm not sure. I yeah. mean, if we're counting hockey, then we have to count MLS and all the other minor sports. I don't think. Um, I don't think Tampa Bay has a team anymore in MLS. They had the mutiny at one point. That was my way hockey, back when hockey's a minor league sport. Yeah, right? I know. I yeah. I heard you. <laughs> trying to avoid uh, that i think that uh in trying to any, show off my knowledge of mls in any uh the mutiny by the way was by the way uh, tampa bay can we lean a little more on the like <laughs> pirate life come on pretty yeah. sure it was mutiny. mls <laughs> here we go go to the website here we go uh but i think that uh i don't no. think that's a team anymore though to be fair i don't think that uh that that creates ti- title town is football plus one other thing you can so win, you have to have the football. You can win football uh, if, if the Patriots win the, the uh, Super Bowl and the Celtics win. Yeah. Boston then you got a title town thing yeah. going. Uh, or if, if it's the Patriots and the Red Sox or something like or that. Or Patriots and the Red Sox. Yeah. But I think you have to get – I love baseball. It's America's pastime. But the reality is it's not America's largest sport. And if Tampa Bay was to win uh, – oh, well, let's just say – let's say L.A. won uh, hockey because <laughs> – by the way, Tampa Bay Mutiny uh, dissolved in uh, 2002. We're so. old as shit. <laughs> the, just so you know. The Tampa Bay Mutiny have been, a long, uh, been away as long as somebody can vote. Somebody yes. who, who hasn't known the Tampa Bay Mutiny can vote in this election. I just realized that someone who was born the year we graduated high school can vote this year. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know where you can find other depressing news? No, wait, wait, wait. Uh, but... Um, what I was going to say is, uh, let's say that, that L.A. has a hockey team, right? Yeah. If Kings. L- if L.A. had won hockey, basketball, mm-hmm. and the World Series, but the Bucks win the Super Bowl, yeah. is anyone talking about L.A. as title town? I think so. Mm. I think I think L.A. would talk about it as title town. All right. Would I'm anyone saying, outside would you, of L.A.? Would you accept it? Yeah. Would anyone outside of L.A.? Probably not. And if, if the Rays win the World Series, but... Um, I don't know. Someone else. But what if you wins? didn't have a hockey or have a football team? Like who? Well, like uh, you know, like LA as of three years ago or five years ago. Like I mean, we if did. They won. They if, had two teams. They had the one in Oakland and the one in San Diego that were temporarily <laughs> somewhere else. 
now no, we've got saying, the one. We've got the two teams here. Now we got the and two. Also, the one that's temporarily in Las Vegas. <laughs> the two in La, the two in La, the one in Los Angeles. The other one that I think still in Los Angeles. Might be. <laughs> they play somewhere. And the one in Vegas. Have they moved back to San Diego? No, they're still in L.A. Okay, yes. so yeah. the Chargers are still here, and then the one in, Ra- in in Las Vegas for the weekends. When we're well, <laughs> all I'm saying is I walk around L.A. on a Sunday, I see more Raiders gear than I do anybody <laughs> else. So clearly, that is an L.A. team. I, I will never saying. understand that the Raider fan forever thing yep like oakland still wearing uh <laughs> la or still wearing uh raider stuff you left us we love you yeah uh oh actually i do completely understand <laughs> that yeah every relationship i've ever had uh so uh but no i i think that um like it what's another city forget la because la it doesn't work well yeah this, but um a city that like doesn't have a football team oh I, yeah i was gonna say but anything else but yeah so what is the city that has major sports but does not have football that's the problem i don't think there is one Mm, yeah, I Cincinnati think that would be. Cincinnati has a football team. Yeah, I mean Arizona has a football team. It's not really Phoenix, but also Phoenix is like ninety percent of the area of, yeah. of uh, Arizona. So it's Phoenix and then a whole lot of Coyotes, right? Which yeah. is their hockey team, ironically right. enough. Yeah, and they have a hockey team. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, that's right. They have a hockey team and a basketball team. Yeah, is there any place and that a baseball have... team? That's true. They have all four. Is there any place that doesn't that has a football team? I mean, doesn't have a football team. Oakland, arguably now. I mean, I guess you could say Milwaukee, um, but are you counting Green Bay as part of yeah. Milwaukee's football team? Because like, Green Bay doesn't have a uh, a baseball team or anything else. Yeah, and and honestly, if it weren't for being Green Bay is owned by basically the people of Green Bay, the team itself is owned by the people. Yeah, it would have moved to fucking Milwaukee by now. I think Roberto's done. He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any sports knowledge. Anyway, my, my whole point is that, like, I think that if if you don't win football, you don't get it. You can win literally everything else. If Tampa Bay won everything, but not uh, the NFL championship, then I don't think anybody except for Tampa Bay is talking about. If if uh, Boston won hockey, basketball, uh, and baseball, but then uh, I think they would call that title town. They probably would, but DC, no one outside of Boston would care. DC was trying to do it on the uh, on the Nationals and WNBA. Yes. <laughs> well, that's because DC and like the year before the Capitals had won, so they're just like, "Oh, we're still on title town. Still, still haven't been, still haven't been unseated." Yeah, yeah. Uh, DC is also home to people like Diane Feinstein, <laughs> who we've spoken about at length today. So. Yeah. Well, if you are looking for legal distinguish legal distinguishing, ah. Uh, Legal distinctions between what is, constitutes a title town. Wow, Use that take was three. all over. Use take three. You know where you can go. Where's that? Otheanthem.com. Corey to Otheanthem.com. Otheanthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? <laughs> Excuse me. 443-219-7595. You can also reach Corey at 1-800-I-HAVE-COVID. <laughs> That's 1-800-COVID-POSITIVE. I, I was trying to get through all that stuff. I had like the little frog in my throat, and I was just like, 443 219 Anyway, uh, you can find more on me on my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, at Legends to be 5 on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, uh, and TikTok. And uh, yes, we'll be doing the Trial of Chicago 7 review, new and improved reviews, and uh, hopefully uh, Charm City King sometime after that. So uh, check that out. Really, though? <laughs> <laughs> Come back next week. Next week, let's see what happens. I'm gonna make a guarantee that uh, no. See, I'm not gonna do that because you would do it just to spite me. Yeah, it would be uh, Monday at uh, 3 p.m. You'd be like, 
Give me a couple hours. It's uploading on YouTube. It's going up right now. Uh, but anyway, uh, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Um, if uh, you're looking for something a little more often than the once a week that you get the Oh the Anthem podcast, you can check out my movie reviews, the Everyman Movie Reviews, available on YouTube and at Anchor. Uh, and those episodes come up twice a week, generally uh, Thursday and one day in between, usually on Sunday. Uh, we've kept up a two-episode-per-week pace for the last 50 weeks in a row. Thank you for the golf clap. Uh, and if even that is not enough content for you, then I have an, a daily podcast uh, that's Rob Explains. You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash Rob Explains. And uh, that comes up literally every day. And by every day, I don't mean Monday through Friday. I mean every single day. There is a brand new episode, even the weekend days. And uh, on Mondays, you'll be able to get a video on YouTube of all the previous week's episodes. If you'd rather get a long form like that. Uh, that will be up there as well. You can go to robertandcheek.com where you can find links to everything else that I'm working on, uh, including the campaign for president, which is going to be wrapping up in the <laughs> next two weeks uh, and uh, moving on to new projects. So uh, make sure you check that out to uh, stay tuned for all the newest stuff. Well, I think we've done good here today. I think we've done something. I don't know if it's good. But also, you, we, you didn't let me swallow and say, make sure that you are following at R-T-O-A-Z-N. Uh, on all your social, all social media, including TikTok, where he's putting up quality content. Like, follow him on Instagram, <laughs> R T O A Z N on Instagram. But a big thank you for Roberto for being our producer again today. So let's try that one again. All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. We've done something. I don't know if it's good, but as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey and Roberto, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Right into Oakland Bay. Just keep walking. That's all I'm saying. He can't walk that far. <laughs> I'm not going to finish that statement because I'm worried it might indict me. <laughs>